0: Joshua, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, even though it's good morning. Good to see you, brother. Yes, indeed. How are you? You know what? I'm doing OK. I'm doing all right. Thanks. I had uh, had two weeks off from my course, which was nice. I was able to sleep a little bit. I'm feeling refreshed. And uh, just as school started for, uh, for me and back at work, uh, we got a big delivery of this play structure that we ordered for our children to put in our new backyard, uh, with an estimated build time of 12 hours. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just we're just getting back into the swing of spring and having fun, man.
0: The swing. How are you of doing? Spring, yeah. The swing
1: of the spring. The swing of spring.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We into the swing of spring. It's been it's been cool. Um, weather's getting good. It's been great going on morning runs with the sunrise. So that's been pretty cool. Got back into the running and. Trying to get the sleep back. I must say that I um, had a few visitors of, over the last while, and I did let my sleep um, get to the point where my Garmin was definitely um, letting the cat out of the bag, so to speak, is that I didn't actually stick to something that I planned. And how often that happens, dude, how we let things slip. So I'm back on the habit tracker. So complete that habit tracker. I've recalibrated that thing and I'm sticking to it. And um, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling a bit tired because you got to get back into stuff. And, uh, yeah, but at the same time, as we spoke before, life has its curve balls that it continues to throw at you. And I think you can never kind of rest on your laurels or give that have that, that thing where you say, Oh, when this is over, I'm gonna I'm gonna relax. Or when I get that thing done, I'm gonna feel good. Because the moment you do that, the next thing, the next thing rises on the rise, and you're like, Oh, here we go again. So can't really wait to work on your own responses. You've got to kind of work on the, like we talk a lot about, right? The the way we respond to adversity. Such as Joshua's audio completely dropping out while I'm talking here. He's just frozen on the screen there. But anyways, guys, uh, we'll hope that he gets back. Hope that you guys are all doing well. Who's listening here? Um, As I was saying, life gets unpredictable at times and we've got to try and Prepare ourselves for the worst, you know. And uh, although that sounds a bit of doom and gloom, I think as the Stoics talk about, you know, when you have this negative visualizations, you kind of prepare yourself and make sure that whatever happens, you are as prepared as you can be. That doesn't mean that we're going to have. Oh, okay, no, he's completely gone. But he's back now. Maybe. Um, now we are going to have those adverse days, those difficult times when life just doesn't turn out like we wanted, and if we are working on ourselves, because I think that that's the point is that I've been once again, or just constantly reminded how focusing on the external things that you can't control really leads to a lot of stress. And we make a lot of, we we'll bring a lot of negativity into our lives simply because we try and control things that are actually out of our control. Um, such as within me right now, I see Joshua has joined me again, but unfortunately, i um, Oh well, there he is, but uh, I think his sound isn't on yet, so we'll get back into the swing of things, guys. As you can see, technology is a wonderful thing, but at times it lets you down. Joshua, you back on sound-wise?
1: I have no idea what is going on, uh, and I apologize. (laughs) I'm just impressed that you just kept going, man, which is awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to. It keeps saying my internet's great, and then it keeps saying my internet's unstable, (laughs) and then sounds like you, bro.
0: Sounds exactly like you and me. We, we're doing great and oh. then we're unstable. I mean, it's isn't it true, bro? I well, feel it so is, it unstable is. sometimes that I'm not in the sense that I just can't keep committed to some of the yeah. things that I know are good for me. And then I, I like get that just feeling, ah no, you know, I just miss it this one time, or and then slowly, slowly but surely you get out of the positive habits that you know and you spend years refining and knowing are the things that are best for you. It's incredible.
1: I yeah, I'm just baffled. I mean technology is is a pair you know parable of life right like wi-fi wasn't so hot so i'm like all right i'll go hardwire my computer ran a speed test before says i have phenomenal speed total stability the minute we turn zoom on it starts cacking out (laughs) now i'm back on wi-fi and we'll see what's going on Mm. but i'm just trying to be resilient and just keep adjusting and figuring it out and that's uh yeah i apologize for that it's yeah. uh, it's like life with a toddler, man. My computer is like life with a toddler. Um, that's changed you know, change their mind every ten seconds. Completely unpredictable, and we'll just keep pushing through. So,
0: but when you're getting upset with your computer and this and the speed of the internet, then you know that your patience with a live human being who's going to push your buttons way more than, than, obviously technology pushes us. You know that that's a little signboard of like mm, you got to do some meditation or do something to relieve that agitation, and I. I just, you know, we say it's so many weeks in and out, you know, week in and out, just how busy life can get and how overwhelming it can sometimes feel that there's just so much going on. And it's actually a miracle sometimes I feel that I keep on top of things in general. I won't say I keep on top of things perfectly, but in general, I keep on top of things. But recently, I found myself snapping a little bit, like as far as anger goes. And it's no surprise, man. It's no surprise, which is why I regret slipping a little bit with my sleep in certain aspects. But which I also appreciate as a learning curve of going, oh, wow! Well, this is why you do that. You get complacency, complacent, right? Complacency kills because you're like, okay, I'm feeling good now. Everything's going right. And you tell your mates, I'm doing great. And the moment you like have that feeling of like, okay, fine, I can stay up late, have a few beers. I'm gonna, my sleep's gonna go, whatever. Okay, I can have a week where I'm just doing this. And all of a sudden it's like, you see very clearly that those things that you put in place are so essential to showing up as the dad you want to.
1: And it's a tough balance because like I'm, I work on trying to be resilient, right? And you want to be resilient to challenges, but you're quite right is that we're pushing ourselves so hard that there's very little margin, unfortunately, and um, it doesn't take much. And it's weird. You know, I, I've been pretty chill, pretty relaxed still. <laughs> it's sort of the update is like, has the old Joshua come back yet? And I'm still very relaxed. But it didn't take much, you know. A pretty, you know, not insignificant disagreement with my son this morning has just set me off. It's just, it, it's knocked me off balance a little bit. And I find myself getting grumpy, a gr- bit grumpy at work, grumpy at technology. And you're right, though. What does that take? It takes, you know, what does that need? You got to step back, get the journal out. I'm probably going to meditate when we're done this. Um, taking a quick break out from work to record this. And I think just got to breathe and slow down and realize that it's not the end of the world (laughs) Mm. and uh but i'm yeah i'm definitely for the first time in a very long time i'm not gonna lie i'm feeling off my game today um and that's not a fun feeling so
0: it has to happen to all of us bro but um the interesting part is that i just spoke to you at the beginning of or before the call about something some news that i received today some um not to be, oh, well, to be sarcastic, wonderful news that I received today, but it's very strange. pleasantness. Yeah, but how I responded to that news in comparison to how I used to respond to that news um, a little while ago when I got the same type of thing happening to me. And it's interesting that through experience, you kind of learn that freaking out about those kind of things play a negative role in the outcome or play a negative role in how your life is until those things are resolved, you know what I'm saying? So it's interesting that we have to first experience that pain and go through those things to learn that freaking out about things is not really worth it, because it all comes to this point where I am right now. And if I think of the four or five times I freaked out when receiving similar kind of news in the the post, um, I've, I've learned that it's, it's not worth doing that It actually impedes you thinking clearly, you know, it impedes you actually dealing with the issue more effectively. It takes energy, it takes time. And it's kind of like, I hope guys listening will start to be able to do that with novel things that come into life, like other problems and realize, oh, okay, I've dealt with these other problems in my life and I've made it this far. And actually when I freaked out about a problem or let it disturb me or let it take me out of those moments that I enjoy with my family, that didn't help. So let me apply that to this as well and not let this rob my joy because there's always got like we said, we say it all the time. This, and I said it again while you were off the thing, there's always going to be another thing on the actually, you were on still. I said, There's going to be another thing on the horizon, there's always going to be another thing that's going to challenge you. And until yeah. we become men that can deal with anything, kind of, um, in a way that is stoic in the positive sense of the word, and in a way that focuses on what we can control rather than freaking about what we can't, you know, other people's actions, other people's words, other people's accusations, but rather on. Who am I in this situation?
1: Well, anytime, yeah, and and I mean, obviously, any anytime that we're driven by our emotions, when we get angry and aggressive and yelling and shouting and stomping our feet or however that, that manifests, it's tricky because, you know, as a guy, we're told, you know, you can feel anger, you can feel aggression. That's a very manly thing. That's a very masculine thing. So that's the kind of screwed up thing about this whole process is that, We probably feel tough in the moment yelling and getting angry with stuff, but it's just it's pure weakness. Being at the mercy of your emotion, and I don't mean feeling emotion, all the stuff that we've talked about, those things are healthy. But when you are at the mercy of your emotion, feeling your emotion is not the same as getting angry and aggressive and yelling and screaming. Those are two completely separate things, and we need to start to reconcile that. We need to start realizing that feeling emotion doesn't mean being controlled by them. And if we want to be tough and if we want to be resilient, you're hundred percent right. Um, that anger, which turns into aggression or whatever, it, it doesn't serve us. It, it really doesn't. And it, and it, it weakens you mm. to the point of trying to find solutions. And how many guys just like, I just want to fix it. Right. That's our default to everything, whether it's with our wives or our kids or our situation or anything is we want to fix it. Yet our base natural response is to get angry aggression which is actually making the problem worse. You can't teach through aggression. You can't learn through aggression or anger, but man, does it ever sometimes get a hold of you by the short hairs and swing you around a little bit. So
0: it's funny. Cause I was thinking about it this morning or was it yesterday? It was just about how in the moment it somehow feels good. It's almost like there's a little part of you that wants to hurt or wants to lash out and, almost wants to do that. And you go, well, why would I do that when it has negative consequences? But in that moment, it feels like I'm in control. And that's the point is that it's quite interesting that when you focus on things outside of yourself that you wish to control, you then lose control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you lose the control by actually trying to control the outside world. You lose control of yourself. Whereas if you learn to control yourself and focus that energy inward, you actually then gain con- a lot more control about, yeah. of the outside world.
1: It's an addiction though, right? I mean, that how many things without our addiction, whether it's drinking or porn or drugs or anger or whatever, it has, huh. there's a trigger. Yeah. There's a momentary release. You feel great for a second. And then you either feel regret or shame or remorse. And then you go through the same cycle again. And that's this thing. So we, we I think as men are addicted to anger. And are addicted to explosions because it is a release and let's be honest like i don't mean to be crude but how many times in life is a big release not at least mildly pleasurable whether we're yeah. talking sex or whether we're talking a clean and jerk we're or a deadlift or something some violent release feels good in the moment but most times afterwards we regret it and we feel shame and then we get addicted to that cycle as well so not just the the release but we get addicted to the buildup, to the trigger, to the thought of it, to the release, and then even to the shame and the other stuff, because it's familiar to us. Hmm. We're addicted to it. And, and anger, I believe. I'm not an addiction specialist by any stretch. It's not even what I'm really focusing in on in my studies um, as a sort of therapist in training, but I'm aware of it. And I'm pretty convinced that that it shows up anger and aggression, particularly aggression, because I want to move beyond just anger. Um, I believe that it's an addiction, just like a lot of other things that we as men have to work through. Mm. And it's an addiction that we've been taught is typically okay. It's one of the few emotions that society at large seems to think is okay for men to feel.
0: Mm. But like all addictions, it's because of a lack of something or totally, or 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 the overwhelming trauma of childhood or uh, you know when we were younger and that's something I've been playing around with a little bit lately is just that balance of finding out my life situation how much is that actually responsible for my emotion and my anger now and how much is from when I was younger and and um, traumatized or wounded do you know what I mean so that wound those wounds that anger is found in or flow from and then how much is it in life because I do think there is kind of a an interplay of those things. Cause I was almost saying, and I had this theory or I've got this theory that basically a lot of our emotions are kind of illegitimate if we look at them in the present. Cause a lot of them aren't even like a reaction because of the now. Like we would actually step back and say, why did I react to that? It's like, okay, my ego, or I'm feeling insecure, which you know what I mean? I'm feeling self-conscious or I'm feeling like attacked. Um, or if you're narcissistic, for instance, that's developed over your life. It's kind of like the emotion is not the emotion now. It's like, you could insult me and I'm, I could actually just totally ignore it and be totally fine if I feel good about myself. The only reason I'm having an emotional reaction is because of my wounds or because of my trauma from the past.
1: Yeah. I mean, feeling it in the moment is legitimate and feeling in the moment is relevant. I think I know what you mean there, but but because I don't want to illegitimize how people feel. But you're right. We need to start to distinguish between, is this thing about the thing right now, or is it this is just drumming something up from our past. That's what I you mean know, about like, legitimate. Yeah, 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 mean,
0: illegitimate, I just, like, illegitimate, like you can't feel him. It's just that kind of, it helps me to go, Tom, this yes. isn't even a feeling that is a reaction to what Joshua is saying. This is actually a feeling that is rooted in, so more like the target isn't legitimate. The target is actually something from the past.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I think it, I it's a good that. reminder. Yeah, and it's an important one because I think, you're totally right is the moment we can try to step back and disassociate the moment, the feeling from the moment. You're quite right. The, the feeling is typically an echo of something of the past, right? And it's stirring something up and it's our body's smart um, or shockingly stupid, depending on how you want to look at it. it. It, it, sees something it's triggered. It stirs up in a response, a response, sends a message back to the body going, okay, you need to physically respond to this kind of an emotion. And then you get into this cycle and that's how, you know, we always talk about, um, not you and I, but in general, we always talk about the thing that breaks someone isn't usually the thing, right? It's an accumulation of a ton of different things. And if you can't step back and disassociate, then yeah, you're at, you're at the mercy there. And, and um, like, for me, I can tell you, and I've been pretty honest with this about myself and through all the work that I've done for me, it's like a control issue. Like even let's go something down is, yeah. and I don't, it, it like the internet and tech, why does it bother me? Cause I don't really understand it. Let's be honest. I have no idea how the hell that computer works. I'm a pretty smart guy. I couldn't tell you how it works. And then this lack of control, like why can't I do the things that make this thing work properly? It's an absence of control when, you know, the battle that I'm having with my son this morning is about listening. And, and in a way, while I do need to get him to listen, and while I do need to to make sure that his behavior is appropriate, because it's now spilling into school and other avenues of his life I also need to recognize though that part of my frustration is coming from a lack of control. I don't feel like I control this outcome because I can't, he's almost eight. He, he has his own mind and his own, his own opinions on things. Um, So it's a lack of control. So I know for me when I get really frustrated and I can feel that tension in my chest and in my shoulders, and I can feel that anger and I, and I, and it wants to manifest in aggression, whatever that feels like, I need to start to, I I start to get aware of it. And then I try, (laughs) try being the operative word to step back and recognize where do you feel like there's an absence of control right now? Why are you feeling the need to react to this situation in a way? And what do you think this is a reflection on you? Right. And that's the thing, right. It's like, my son doesn't listen. I can't control the situation you go down a few more layers. It's like, well, then I'm not a very good father because I can't influence this situation to get it to where it needs to be. Now, of course I know that's not true, or at least I would really like to believe that that's not true, but that's the, the escalation of those thoughts in our mind is one little thing leads to this cascade of thoughts. And typically it's a control or a self-worth thing that we have to work our way through. Um, And the sooner that we can start to recognize those physiological responses Because we all have a physical response before we have a lash out, whether it's a tightening of the chest, a clenching of the jaw of the fists or something, it's present. And I can tell that it's there, Mm. but it's heavy because, you know, I said to my wife this morning, I actually had an adrenaline rush after this sort of argument with my son. Um, And it wasn't like screaming at each other, but we were definitely unhappy with each other. It was the first time in a long time. That it actually had triggered an adrenaline response in my body um, that I was just sort of sitting and being very aware of. And that's screwed up, right? That a little (laughs) little seven-year-old, almost eight, can trigger that strong of a response in you. But anyone who's tried to put a toddler to bed can appreciate that.
0: Mm. It's interesting, man. You and me are so often on like congruent parts because that's exactly what the message today that I did with my class this morning with the meditation of calm is like this daily trip by the Jeff Warren guy, and it was just all about control. And um, lately, I've been playing around with that idea as well. I mean, look, we've done it, we've talked about it. As far as stoicism goes, of course, it's the whole dichotomy of control, right? There's a reason it's control, the central
1: tenet. Yeah, right. but I just,
0: but, 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 but just apart from that, it's just, it's just looking at the will to control. And I've been looking at exactly what you've been looking at is that I started looking at myself and saying like, where am I always trying to control things? And, and, and when that control goes wrong, that's when the negative emotions arrive, the resistance to the moment, the ability to, the inability to go, this is how it is. Okay. So this person acted in a way that I wish to have this way. I'm going to now try control that behavior to change, to be in line with my behavior Don't get me wrong. There are times when obviously we as parents, we set boundaries and we set up routines and we want to obviously do things with our kids, like put them to bed and get them to eat their vegetables where we know it's better for them. But if we know it's good for them and it's not an issue of control, then our approach is a lot different to when it's actually just an issue of control. And obviously control comes from ego where we feel the need. And, And men, this is what happens to us a lot. And it's happening to women as well now, because women sense that they have to assert themselves in the same way. And if a man is mansplaining to them, and they have to also get in control. And we are like that as well as men, we, we have to be in control, we want to be the one that is in control of the situation. And when someone oversteps that, especially little human beings, who should just listen to us. And as they become teenagers, that need for control, instead of like water, you know, like Bruce Lee says, be water, you know, go with it, swerve around these things, walk with them, walk, walk with them, you know, and I saw someone recently close to me, try to like give me advice and try to like tell me what was wrong. And I just didn't. And it was interesting to watch me on the other side really not respond well to this because I felt like this person wasn't coming next to me. They were trying to control me. They were trying to like tell me what to do. And I realized this is how it is with our children and our wives and our friends and everything. And then just with everything like the internet, like because we expect it to work and we want to control it, we get upset and it frustrates us. And then we have like we talked a little bit about like this stupid like thing that the world deals with a microaggression from the outside. I think the worst microaggressions are the ones that we do to ourselves where we constantly are getting angry with the world around us because we can't control it. And, and I realized today after doing the meditation with my class, I said, I'm going to try and try and be less controlling and more like the banks of a river where I'm trying to mm-hmm. guide and being passive and try to get beside someone so that I create more of a bank and come beside them instead of this board coming like head on with someone or head on with a computer problem or head on with a, a spouse that doesn't want to react like I want to. It's just that kind of thing. And I'm look, guys, I'm speaking as someone who is n- nowhere near having We're this deep today. in the
1: mud on this one. <laughs> but today, I
0: really just had the feeling after yeah. doing my class. I was like, that is something that I need to do is keep asking myself every time something arises, like even in this conversation. Okay. Well, how much am I trying to control those or am I allowing Joshua to be himself and to go with the way that he's going and then let it merge because then you and I know that the conversation is beautiful when it's not one trying to control it, but both of us like a dance, not sounds, obviously we don't like that image either as men, no, but it's it is, not. it's, but a dance yeah. or a duet in a song or harmonizing or whatever you want to talk about it. It's far more beautiful than two guys or two people trying to come from opposite directions. And I think that that is huge, man, to, help children and and model that for our children of like, I don't have to be in control the whole time and I can sit back.
1: And And it came up in a conversation in the network. I don't know if you saw it just recently, but one of the members posted a question about, what happens when I think it was like a boss follows up with you on a project and either you're maybe not done yet, or you're working on it. And why does it get us so pissed off? And, and mm-hmm. that was exactly what I chimed in. Cause I'll be, I'll be honest. And I've, I've got a really great relationship with my boss and I was really honest with her. And I said, I'm not going to lie. I hate follow-ups. I hate having follow-ups. I know my boss is awesome, and if it's on her list, it's gonna get done. And if I ask her something, even if I think she hasn't noted it, three weeks later she'll come back with a resolution. She's awesome. But I told her when we first started working together, because she's only been my boss for a little while, I said I'm not gonna lie, I hate having follow-ups. I'm, I'm gonna work through that because it's a, it's an issue with me. Yeah. And I and it's funny because I hate follow-ups because I don't miss deadlines. Like I hit my deadlines. Uh, I'm not the kind of person, but for whatever reason, you know, and I've thought about this a long time for whatever reason, follow-ups from a superior, I think, remind me, they trigger one of two things. One, it's like, you're doubting my abilities, which yeah. is not true. She's not, but also in a way, it's kind of this reminder of like, I'm beholden to you. I'm beholden to someone else's schedule, which is an absence of control. So control comes at this all the time, but <laughs> I can't remember who I was chatting with, but it was this context of. So, you know, how much you hate it when someone does that to you.
0: Yeah.
1: How do you think your kids feel when you're doing that with them? And I don't know is the answer. I could tell, (laughs) especially with Caleb, because he's he's quite vocal and he's sharing some of his frustrations um, that it's like you know, you're always telling me what to do. You're always trying mm-hmm. to control what's going on. You're always trying to figure this out. Why can't you just sort of let me be? Hmm. And he's probably right in some capacity. Now we had to have the conversation about the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah, yeah. When you when you almost always do it, I'll leave you alone. Um, it's like his manners are impeccable. And I said, like, you know, if you forget to say please or thank you, I don't ride you because your manners are impeccable. I give you the benefit of the doubt. But when it's other things, I don't give you that benefit of the doubt because you haven't demonstrated this track record. But I acknowledge that he's feeling like I'm micromanaging him, like I'm riding him. Um, but quick tangent, and you'll appreciate this, Tom, because this is this is the downside, folks, of talking to your kids about philosophy. We were at the dinner table, and his manners were just like his dinner manners suck. Um, and we finally got to this point where my wife and I are like, enough. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a solid conversation about just the basics of how to have proper manners at the table. And all I could picture, if you ever watched the big Lebowski, was he kind of, because he was just slouching in his chair and he was just kind of hanging back. (laughs) And He said to my wife and I was like, but like, man, dinner manners are just like something that someone made up, man. Why do we need to have these dinner manners? And it's just like what society's telling us to do. <laughs> and he's not wrong. <laughs> but all I could hear was like the big Lebowski being like, dude, that's like your opinion, dude. <laughs> and, you know, he's, and we had to say like, dude, you're not wrong. But sometimes you have to play by some of society's rules. You just have to. And I'm not talking like both Kate and I grew up either in a military family or adjacent to military families where like manners at the dinner table were super strict. It was sort of like officer clubs kind of thing. And that's Mm. not what we're talking about here. But anyway, I just thought it was perfect. And it's a small tangent, but that's the challenge of like, have a mind of your own and think. Mm. But sometimes you just got to do what we say because dude, that's like your opinion. I think (laughs) that was great.
0: I think that we can always get to the correct response I would say and interaction with our kids when we are able to ask ourselves why we are doing things and really be honest with ourselves as to what is the motivation because generally when we want the best for our kids and it's not from an ego thing or a need to control then we can make much better decisions right because there are times when we need to guide our children in a world today that offers everybody options um Innumerable options and directions which they would wish to go and seems to want to validate the opinions of children as young as three. (laughs) You know, you've got to guide our kids in certain ways. But I think the way that we do that is important. You know, I think it's important that we don't, I mean, it's skillful, right? It's what we do at the Complete Dad. I mean, it is kind of, you do have to become skillful in your communications and coming alongside them. Because if I remember being a child, the control was, I was heavily controlled as a child. It just made me into a rebel. It just made me into a belligerent SOB sometimes because I hate authority. No wonder I'm always the one that's butting heads with authority and doesn't enjoy it because it's such a short term solution trying to control things. If I control our friendship, our friendship won't last very long. I might be able to control you for a while or vice versa, but eventually the person gets tired of that. Or if our kids are controlled while they're under our roof, they might not drink have sex or whatever, or do drugs, but the moment they leave your control, eventually they'll throw those shackles off and the real version of themselves will come to the fore. And what we are aiming to do is we are looking to the future of our children when they're even our age so that they get to our age and not be as fucked up and messed up as we are with so many hangups and problems, because literally we grew up in an age where it was very controlling. Now it's, I think it's the balance. Once again, it's like finding the balance of How do I become that person that is a little bit like a Gandalf? You know, if you watch Gandalf in the movie, The Lord of the Rings, you know, he's not this, at times he has to, there are times where he has to just go, you know, in the beginning with Frodo, he's like, he raises up and says, Frodo Baggins, don't, you know, don't do this thing. But most of the time he's speaking softly to him and he's guiding him. He's the guide. I mean, in the hero's journey, Gandalf is the guide. And in every story, there's a guide, Dumbledore, Harry Potter, but it's a very different kind of relationship than we have with our children sometimes, which is very domineering. And then on the other hand, you get guys that have the knee-jerk reaction to their childhood, which I was just talking about the other day, where they just are permissive with everything because they now think that that's the way to go. And I think that's the, the art is to get our kids to see the guidelines, to see the benefit, which is like your son at the table. It's like, okay, there should be some form of explanation to a degree, at least to say, well, you know what? You're going to be eating at someone else's house. And obviously, people have different values. But if you go there, they're going to look on you positively. It's going to create... Better relationships with other people because it's a sign of respect. It shows that you respect your mom, that you appreciate the food, that you see that we are making money and, and all these things to provide for the family. And all that we ask is that you sit here. And also that it creates this wonderful, for me, I've got four kids and my kids aren't well behaved at the table all the time. But when they aren't, it makes dinner stressful instead of a bonding, peaceful environment where we can talk and have fun. But it has its limits because people have manners. And I think when we lose our manners, we lose the. We lose the chance to commune and be together as we could. When you've got one kid that just doesn't care about manners and doesn't give a crap, it ruins the whole vibe and we don't have opportunity to communicate.
1: Well, you, you used one of my favorite analogies and I use this with, you know, the guys in the group all the time. And some of my clients is this idea of the riverbanks, right? And this is, I think life is we need to, in our own lives, have our riverbanks, So points beyond which we will not go. And those are our core values. And those are the things that matter to us. And it's the same with our kids. We, because you're right, if we have a command and control approach, then one, it's going to be miserable and they're going to break free, but also they're not going to be, they're not going to have the experience to make their own smart decisions when they're outside of our sort of protective command and control environment. So we're trying, (laughs) trying to create the riverbanks values and morals and behavior outside of that point that are those behaviors are unacceptable you want to stay within those riverbanks fill your boot learn explore play screw up fart do all the things that you want to do but you need to understand that there's a boundary beyond which you can't cross and this morning was a bit of a boundary establishing kind of conversation and they're unpleasant uh, and we'll have a longer conversation tonight, not a lecture, but we're going to have a discussion. But you're exactly right is, is I think like all things, there's a middle ground. They can't be wild feral all the time.. Yep. Um, we don't want to have a sort of drill sergeant type of an approach, although I think sometimes we all default a little bit to that. But that's what I'm trying to keep in mind is and trying to explain to Caleb particularly is don't jump the banks, little one. <laughs> Stay in the river do what you got to do, but you know, to your point, when we break those riverbanks, you want to stretch the analogy. When the river comes d- to break, um, it's bad, uh, chaos ensues, things get destroyed. People get hurt. Um, there are things that you come back from. So anyway, that was the day. And, uh, thankfully I think he'll get it. He'll probably be done being pissed at me by now. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's just about defining those riverbanks. And sometimes you just have to remind them politely, but kindly. And that's what we were talking about before is it's tough. Like when things are fun, we're playing and we're having fun and we're, and we're having a blast with our kids and that's great, but it's also important to remind them and remind ourselves sometimes that um, sometimes you just have to be the one who sets the boundaries. You have to be a bit of the disciplinarian. we can't always just be their buds. Um, there's a time for that, yeah. but
0: but to go back to the kind of core theme of this of this podcast, it's it's just that need to control that we just keep a watch on and be self aware of of that, and that's that's what I'm just trying to do. Whether it be with our kids or at work or with a wife or or even with sports or even with inanimate objects that we wish to control, it's like this need to be in control. And and when you're in control, it's like you are you you kind of are holding on tight, right? So you are like I'm trying to control this, and this and you can feel it like I'm doing now on the screen. I'm just like bawling my fists and we lose the ability to be in the flow of the moment and enjoy life as it is and accept the moment as it is to when the kids are going nuts sometimes it's better actually just do you want to become part of that like I told you the story a little while ago when I came home and I knew that I needed to prepare myself that I could possibly go home to a wild whatever and I came home and my my partner was arguing with my daughter and there was this wildness and I could have come in and normally I would have gone in and just become part of the storm. You know what I mean? I would have broke the river banks even more. I would have just added more water to the river and it would have just gone all over the place. And I do that way too often. In fact, I am this like storm that comes in sometimes. But that day when I kind of just went with the flow and came in and just watched for a little while and watched what's happening here. You know, then I could dig a little bit here and let the river, you know, lose a bit of pressure that way, lose a bit of pressure this way, and eventually it was flowing nice and calmly back through a serene um, valley to just do a metaphor. And I think that that's because I didn't need to control this, or I didn't feel like I have to control the situation. I realized I can let go, I can observe, and then I can add my wisdom, which for me, Joshua, it's really funny. There's this book called Emotional Intelligence. And um, I think it's, I don't know who it's, who's it by, by Golden or who, I can't remember. Um, I have to check that out. But It's like I I become unintelligent. I think a lot of us become unintelligent when our emotions get in the way. It's like you become really stupid when your emotions get in the way. And I I was wondering sometimes when I felt a bit unintelligent about myself and my behavior and I look at those times and always go, isn't it interesting how it's when I need to control things and my emotions are just out of control because I'm trying to control things with out of control emotions, which is obviously never going to happen. And it's funny that when I'm able to sit calmly, and not trying to control things or people even myself sometimes in performance wise that the wisdom is far more readily available and the dots seem to connect and the points that i'm trying to make seem clear because i'm void of emotion i'm just talking facts i'm sticking to the truth and i'm sticking to an ability to be to go with like fencing you know i'm i'm able to do or whatever, like jujitsu, like go with the, like, you know, trying to get your arms and go together. It's not just surfing, the force, buddy. Your you're
1: just riding or the wave. surfing.
0: You're riding the wave, you know, you, you in the vibe and and I, and I don't want to go too much long on this. Cause we're going to wrap this up, but it's really, when you start to go against a wave and I think that's a perfect analogy to end on. It's like, when you are going against the energy of wave, you're going to get nailed. But when you actually go with you. flow and find your spot in the, in the wave and some of that's in the barrel or on the face or cutting backs in the, in the groove. That's what it is about. It's about using the wave and letting the wave dictate to you a little bit. That doesn't mean you don't do something, but you almost feel the wave. And there's nothing better, man, when you've been on a wave that has recently big and could you know, take you down and smash you against the rocks or whatever it might be, or keep you down under the water and you're able to get into the sweet spot. And when you do a cutback, it just feels so good. Or when you get in the barrel, it's good. But when you're out of control and you're trying to fight against the wave, You can feel it. You can feel like I'm in the wrong spot. I'm trying to, and then you, the wave just takes you over. And I think, yeah, I think I just encourage guys who listen and and you and I as well, is just to every time, like Joshua talked about that physical sensation arises, because it is a physical sensation to want to control things. Like this thing happens, I physically go, okay, that's the controlling Tom. That guy's never going to make the right decision or not really going to make the right decision very often. He's usually going to make the situation worse.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah it's it's a it's a struggle I mean I'm 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 at a bit of a loss which is rare because it's so everything about me and the things that I'm working on Mm. and the things that I wish that I were better at both as a a parent as a spouse as an employee as everything it does boil down to this need to control this uncertainty around what happens if I'm not able to dictate the outcome. Mm. And it takes work. Um, I'm miles ahead of where I was, but that just mm. realized, that just helps me realize how much further I have to go. Mm. Um, and as you're talking, I'm reflecting on things that I kind of wish that I had done differently this morning in my conversations. And that's the power of our friendship of this group of being able to talk through things. um, I routinely get messages from guys in the network being like, Hey, this is going on. Got a minute. (laughs) And I, I'm really, really grateful for that. Um, So yeah, I'm just kind of pondering on it, but uh, I think it's probably worth wrapping up there to just remind the guys that uh, one, you don't have to go through this exploration by yourself, but two, be very, very mindful of that need to control and what that says about us and our own insecurities and our own wounds and our own issues, and to make sure that we don't squeeze too tight. Um, you know, it's a great uh Star Wars analogy, right? Where I think Leia says to Tarkin, I'm totally geeking out here, right? She's like, the, the more you wrap your fists, the hard, the harder you squeeze your fingers, the more, in this case, star systems, but the more things will slip through your fingers, right? The harder we try to hang on to something, the ironically, the less control we actually have. And that's um, part of my journey is realizing yeah. that, that when I can just be easy, when I can just relax and corral, as opposed to control and grip. And, and uh, it's amazing, the illusion of control versus letting it go and realizing that there really is none or very little and that's okay it's refreshing Mm. and sometimes we lose sight of that and we need to be reminded i like that dude that's just like your opinion dude (laughs) Mm.
0: i like that the illusion of control And i think a lot of the things we do are under the illusion that they're strong or that they are controlling or that they are making us better and i think just being able to be self aware of what we really want, you know, it's that vision, right? It's the things we talk about in the complete dad network that the guys can join if you go check us out on my um, website, the complete dad work or Instagram, the complete dad or at the complete dad network on mighty networks, if you want to join and have these conversations. But being able to get that vision, because I sat last night, like, out in my meadow there, we've got a bit of the where next to the chicken house that I'm Supposed to be finished already, but I'm not. Um (laughs) (laughs) but I'm but I'm close. But I sat next to there just with a beer and I sat out there as the sun was starting to go down and, and I just was like, wow, I'm actually at peace here. And I was like, This is the goal, man, for me individually. Yes, there's goals outside of myself, there's goals for my children and my family. But if I can be in that moment more often of just being at peace and realize that that's the goal and that control is kind of going against contentment and against peace, then I'll stop doing that. So guys, thanks for listening, man. Really appreciate you all. And uh yeah, see you again next week. Ciao.
1: thanks for putting up with the tech issues at the beginning. I appreciate it. If you made it <laughs> true, true. That, I should have probably stopped recording, that... but anyways. Nah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, <laughs>